0: This month's episode is brought to you by Podbean. Think you have what it takes to start up a podcast? Podbean makes it easy with one-stop audio hosting and registering to the major podcast services like iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Go to podbean.com slash vgxtpod to start your show and join an ever-expanding online community.
1: Crosstalk. The unintentional transfer of signals between communication channels. A casual conversation.
0: This is Video Game Crosstalk, episode 028, the monthly podcast of gamers talking tech, science, and whatever else comes to mind. I'm your host, Anthony Rossi, and with me this episode is actually a whole slew of different guests. You see, I had the opportunity to go to Northeast TrekCon this past weekend here in Albany, New York, and I was able to meet up with so many people. Admittedly, I'm not the biggest Trekkie out there, but there was plenty of geekery to go around, and then some. So I was able to make a few connections, and I was able to grab a few interviews on the spot, and this is a collection of some of the people I was able to meet. Now, not all of the people I came in contact with I was able to got track down and you know pin down for a quick interview, but... But I was able to grab a few and this is what we've got all of their social media contacts and info will be in the show notes including a few other awesome people that I just didn't get the opportunity to actually sit down for an interview with so let's get it started. So we are live at Tr- Northeast TrekCon 2018. We are in the third day. Finally got around to talk to some people, and we're going to start up with some live interviews right now. And right now, I am sitting here with spinning the CD around. Yes, that's right, CD. Canora, and opera singer who does operas in Klingon? Yeah. Sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> so how long have you been doing opera?
1: Um, I've been doing opera since I was 14 years old. I was singing in a kid's choir and the big opera company needed a kid's chorus to um, sing with them, Uh, you know, sometimes in crowd scenes or if they're doing, you know, a, a story that needs. Mm-hmm. a group of kids. And, All right. Yeah, they had us do it, and I just fell in love with it. it everything was so big and grand. It's, it's really like old Hollywood on yeah. the opera stage.
0: Yeah. I mean, pretty much everything opera is big and grand. Yeah. I'm not a huge follower, but when I do get glimpses and catch yeah. it, there's nothing subtle about no. that style whatsoever. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> so why Klingon opera?
1: Well, um, it all started when I wanted to enter the Miss Klingon Empire pageant um, that was at Dragon Con at that time. And now they have the Miss Star Trek Universe pageant as well. So I was. Okay. I knew I wanted to dress up as a Star Trek alien and do a talent, which was opera singing, since I was studying opera at that right. time. So the Klingon opera was just kind of a no brainer because of how much that culture loves. Their opera, so um,
0: so yeah, it was just a started. natural fit, and, yeah. and we're gonna give the judges something they hadn't seen before. Basically, yeah. is what we're going with.
1: Yeah, so um, I won both those pageants, that is and awesome. they were. I was, it was just a big hit and people started asking me to come and do um, concerts at the conventions and speak on panels and things, so.
2: Oh, that is so much fun. uh, Yeah,
1: and so I got myself some CDs and.
0: Yes, I got the CD, I got the stack of CDs over here and give me a list of some Mm -hmm. some of the selections that you've, you've done.
1: Okay, so we have. um, the witch tick pos from Simpson and Delilah, so you know, Delilah, we have some Carmen, we have some Brunhilda, or like Brunhilta Valkaris, Aria, from like Ride of the Valkyries. That just sounds badass right there. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of opera that whenever I watch it, I'm just like, you know what? Brunhilda just really needs to be a Klingon, or like, <laughs> I just want to see Klingon Carmen. Just these characters, because the ladies are just so dramatic, and they're you know, stabbing people, or getting stabbed, and it's just Klingons and. Translates well. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be giving these these concerts. I just gave a concert, um, uh, let's see, like an hour ago. And, and it was just all arias where people were getting seduced and killed and, you know. Good,
0: good family fun.
1: Yeah, good family fun.
0: <laughs> and we were just talking before uh, we started recording. I wanted so bad to show up to this, but the trials of trying to be a present father <laughs> so a uh, long time listeners i've pretty much heard my son grow up at this point i started this podcast like a few months before he was born so i know uh, it's it's actually kind of funny um i'm gonna have to go back and listen to some older episodes and see what the little man was up to oh, that's hilarious but uh, at present time we are taking him to these toddler swimming classes and Right now, we're having the most issue. We're trying to have him blow bubbles in the mm-hmm. water, but he keeps drinking the pool of water.
1: <laughs> oh my god. are like,
0: but there's so much chlorine in this.
1: Yeah, maybe he likes the taste of chlorine. Oh, I that's good. Cool.
0: Well, we'll get him to stop drinking the water, is bring him to the ocean. I bet. Because if you ever had the unholy experience of getting a mouthful of seawater,
1: uh, yeah.
0: that's. Oh. <laughs> that never works for anyone. Oh
1: my ever. gosh.
0: But so, unfortunately, I had to miss it. But back to your singing, these are all established operas that are translated into. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because... I don't know. Being an opera singer and singing is like one of these roles. Um, like the Jorgehiet from La Boheme is one that I've just done, just this summer. I played the whole yeah. role, and it was it was an Italian, and it was really funny when I got to the aria every time. Like my first instinct was the words were coming to me in Klingon, and, oh I, was, no. and I was like oh I mean no. to explain to people, "Oh, I am so sorry, that
2: just
1: that just came out." Yeah. Um.
0: <laughs> so you won't find that in your. T- translation booklet, but let me me explain what just happened.
1: Yes.
0: So do you have any personal connections to some of the songs Mm -hmm. that you selected?
1: Um, yeah, I have um, I have some songs from Hansel and Gretel and Gretel is a role um, you guys can't see me but I am actually quite petite uh, for a Klingon and for a earth girl so Gretel is a role that I've done uh, more than 50 times I feel like oh, wow. it's getting close to 60 now because I oh, went wow. on um, so I've just um, so some of these operas are ones that I'm just really familiar with and have done over and over again and these other some of these other ones are roles that I will never get to do in the real opera world in a million years because they are very specific. When you have, like, ten opera singers, you're going to choose the one who has the richest voice, and um, I'm, like, not as rich as some other people, like, like more, Ooh, instead of, like, ah, whatever. So um, so this is really um, a unique opportunity for me to do a concert and sing, um repertoire that, you know, normally I would not be able to sing and perform mm-hmm. and that I just really love.
0: Awesome. Very cool.
1: Awesome.
0: Uh, can we get a quick sample?
1: Uh, Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have to, to tell everybody I, um, I'm currently sitting next to a booth full of rainbow tribbles and Klingons yes. are a little allergic to tribbles. So and I'm there's a there's, right there's a
0: lot of tribbles over there. There's yeah. a lot of tribble dander in yeah. the air right now. It, it's
2: yeah,
1: so I, when I gave my concert, I told them, look, you know, I have a bunch of, like, extra organs here that normally keep me from getting sick, but the triples, you know. It's overkill. Yeah. It's overkill with and the triples And right now. for Klingons, you know, you lose your low notes, and that's their big deal. They don't care about the high notes, but so if you lose your low notes, that's where all the honor comes from, you know. So for right now, those sound like, like, that's what that, the low notes sound like right now. But yeah, I can do some high stuff, and that'll be fine. Awesome. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic right like, <laughs> there. All
0: yeah. right, so once again, this is Kenora. I will definitely be posting all the multimedia contacts that we can muster up for you uh, when to I I get to posting this. And one final question coffee
1: or tea? Oh, gosh, coffee. Definitely I coffee. Have, yeah, I have espresso usually mm-hmm. every morning, like just in a French press because I can't, I call it analog coffee because <laughs> I can't work coffee machines. I'm like, you know what, when the Cylons attack, <laughs> you know, I, I'm already having problems with this, so I'm just like, I have an analog, you know. Yeah, when
0: you go the analog, that way they yeah. can't infiltrate your system. Yeah, All right, so it's, I do, have, totally I do have a CD
1: player at home. I have v- VHS tapes and VCR. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I do have some of the, you know, new things. You know, like I have a Roku whatever <laughs> so that, that can attack me when the sidelines evade but other she than that you know like yeah so I um, I have espresso every morning in my French press and I I, it's like what is it like two or three teaspoons per like six or eight ounces uh, or, yeah, tablespoons per ounce, so it's it's quite rich, Okay. I, I load it with sugar, so it's really thick, kind of like drinking chocolate or something, <laughs> and, you know, I drink it, and then sometimes it gets in my, that first sip, I sneeze, Oh no! it's that strong. Oh, wow, okay. But yeah, it's, it's great, yeah, for opera singer, you don't want to drink a bunch and then go to the bathroom, like, you're gonna have to, you oh, know, you'll be in there all day, so if you're gonna perform and you need energy, just get the amount of actual liquid you're consuming to a minimum. <laughs>
0: (laughs) So... And concentrate it down. All right, gotcha. Yeah, just
1: concentrate it, yeah.
0: All right, thank you you so much. Thank you, Back again at Northeast Shetland 2018, and this time I am here with Mark Zickery. Mark, Yay. how are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I'm
2: happy to be on your show. It's terrific. It
0: is. An absolute honor to have you <laughs> agree to this. Uh, you just gave me the spiel of why you're here yes. and what you're pr- promoting.
2: Yes. Uh, give my listeners sure breakdown. Um, right well, I've been a TV writer, producer for decades. I wrote for such shows as Star Trek, The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Babylon 5, Sliders, Friday the 13th, the series, mm-hmm. Smurfs, He-Man, Super Friends, Real Ghostbusters, on All and on. Sorts hundreds of, of, of hours, stuff. hundreds of hours of TV. And recently I had an idea for a new science fiction show called Space Command. Okay. And I reached out to my audience and they gave me over a million dollars to shoot the two-hour pilot, and it stars many of my friends, such as Doug Jones from Star Trek Discovery, and Bill Mumy from Babylon 5 and Lost in Space, and Mira Furlan from Babylon 5 and Lost, and Mike Harney from Orange is the New Black, and Robert Picardo from Star Trek Voyager and the Orville, and it's just a great, so I've shot the two-hour pilot, so I basically uh, premiered the, the first half hour here at the Star Trek convention. That sounds absolutely amazing. Yay. And
0: awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, so we got a few things here here at the table, we got yes. the buttons, we got the business card, we got some patches. Yes. What's going on with these
2: patches? We got patches, we got, we got, uh t-shirts, we got jackets, we got ev- everything, comic books, mm. we're, we're basically building our empire. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I have my own studio in Los Angeles, and we're also based in London. And uh, we do TV shows, movies, and books, and uh, I'm just doing whatever I want. My fan base allows me to basically green light myself, so right. I've, actu- I've actually sold a book that's coming out next year called Greenlighting Yourself. There you go. Yeah. All right. Because nowadays, you know, science fiction never predicted that we'd all have video cameras in our pockets, and so with the internet okay. and with the Technologies available to us. There's no excuse not to follow your dream. Mm-hmm. That so. is something that I'm trying to get across to a lot of people. Yes. Where
0: the technology is already pre-packaged Yes, it's um, true. Yeah. Everyone can do all sorts of things. How you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, That's we already
2: a- picked them up. great <laughs> right. the fans. The fans are here. The, the fans. fans are yay. here. All right. <laughs>
0: Okay. okay. we're back. We have to take care of the fans. Yes. As we much do. as I like to think I'm important. I'm mean, not.
2: So <laughs> you're <laughs> maybe, important. Oh no, that the
0: world <laughs> oh, you, around you. you you lie so well. You <laughs> lie to me. <laughs> So, we are just saying how uh, Greenlighting yourself.
2: Yes, yes, and because the, the thing I realized, I run a round table in L.A. of writers, directors, actors, producers, editors, composers, anyone in the game, authors, mm. and it's, uh, I've been running it every Thursday at a restaurant in the valley, uh, and it's several thousand people. And, wow. it's to, and we have offshoots all over the country, and it's to create a compassionate Hollywood. And so, I mentor thousands of, of people, and I started hearing about crowdfunding, and I'd never raised money before, but when I came up with the idea of Space Command, I didn't want the networks to cut me off at script or cut me off at pilot, mm-hmm. and I didn't want their notes to wreck it, because I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to do something positive that said we can create a better future, and so I reached out to my audience and they gave me over a million dollars. That is fantastic. And last month alone they sent they sent me $170,000 just for post-production. Okay. So that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so you said two hour pilot. Yes. We have that already shot. It's already yes. shot. We're
2: in post-production. We've also shot 40 minutes of the second two hour story. I've written the first 8 hours of the series okay. and it's a 12 hour season. And okay. And so and the show and I want the show to run for at least 5 years. And so so, because I've been, I've written so much television, this is second nature to me. Okay. And I grew up with Star Trek. Star Trek and Twilight Zone and Outer Limits, the original versions of those three shows, are why I became a TV writer. They, they, Fantastic. They, they worked me and made me mm. who I am. But so, um, so that's what, what this all is about. And so it was just kind of, you know, okay. trusting the audience would be the same as I am. Okay. And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the first half hour? First half hour is on my YouTube channel, Mr. Sci-Fi. Okay, and so I will definitely be posting yes, all these links when yes. I get the episode And I post posted. about every week about science fiction, so I talk about shows I wrote for, like Next Gen and DS9 and Babylon 5, but I also post about things that Ray Bradbury told mm. me and all sorts of stuff, just really an insider's view of, of the science fiction world. Sounds awesome. Mark, thank you so much. Well, I'm glad to do One it. One last question. Yes. Coffee or tea? Tea. tea? Earl Grey. <laughs> Earl, OK, yes. that, that's what you're yes. going for. Yes. All right, Absolutely. thank you Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Great. Talk again.
0: Right. <laughs> well, you know, but that's part yeah. of the kind of experience. You got the people coming up to the table. You bet. That's what you, you bet. got going on. Right. All right, so once again, we're over here at Northeast Trek on 2018. How are you doing, sir? Real all good. right, you told me not to call you. <laughs> well, yeah, don't call me sir, that was my father. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just call me Rick. All right, so I'm here with Rick. Rick, what are you doing here?
3: What am I doing here? Well, uh, enjoying the the company of uh, a lot of the folks that, uh, I, you know, I, I, I didn't actually get to work with a lot of them on Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we were all part of the same big team trying mm-hmm. to... Make DS9 happen. Right. So I was up in the art department. Okay. Uh, also working on the next generation, mm-hmm. and then later Voyager. Okay. So I was running around like I had this chicken most of the time. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it happened. Didn't get to didn't get to meet up with a lot of the DS9 cast members, um, you know, until until like recently, mm-hmm. like like e- even yesterday. Oh wow. Okay. Um,
0: but. Uh, so by the way, I'm here with uh, Rick Sternbach. Yeah, <laughs> do, yes. do the full formal introduction, and Rick has worked on all sorts of stuff involving Star Trek. So, um, what exactly did you do?
3: Uh, my my exact title that yes. was on was my p- Paramount business card was uh, your official
0: title uh, on, on the business se- card, <laughs>
3: senior illustrator slash technical consultant. Wow. Okay. Okay. So. Well, it, it got to you know, as we were starting to develop a lot of the uh, uh, sketch concepts uh, yes. for things, uh, ships, uh, props, uh, whatnot. Um, some of us in the in the art department, who were also uh, uh, somewhat knowledgeable about Star Trek in general, yes, and real science, and you know, some engineering and math and all of that. Um, you know, we could offer the producers and the writers, um, you, you know, some, some notes on how certain things could work,
0: mm-hmm. you know, uh,
3: how, how would the phaser actually work?
0: That's you good question. That
3: kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, how does warp drive work?
0: That's
3: uh, the original series kind yeah. of hinted at things, yes, yeah, so you have matter, you have antimatter, then what? <laughs> okay, which they never really <coughs> fully fleshed out mm-hmm. on the show. <laughs> okay, sorry to interrupt. I oh. going so to give you some money for this excellent print. Oh, certainly. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. All right, very good. Appreciate it. Thank, 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 Thank you. Enjoy, enjoy. Keep it, keep it nice and flat. We
0: will. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay. Yep. Very good. <laughs> and, and as I was saying previously, I enjoy leaving that kind of audio in because this is what it's like at a con. Right. People get to right. come up to the people who are directly involved in their favorite fandoms, and, and, and
3: you don't see that in every kind of of uh, media. Okay? okay. Like like uh, you know your your favorite uh, detective show. Okay. On, on network side. television. Uh, You don't really have conventions
0: covering those sorts of things. Not Uh, specific, some of them are popping up here and there for a like specific fandom or a specific series or something like that, but Star Trek has been doing this for, dare I say, generations. At
3: least, at least, you know, uh, 1971, 72, Mm -hmm. somewhere in there were the first conventions really started to, to evolve.
0: Right. So there's all sorts of artists. We have several people from uh, the different series here. Uh, And you can come right up to the actors, to artists and other people that are involved in the series and talk to them directly. So again, that's why I keep that that kind of audio in there. So talking about how you need to work out how do these things work, Right. uh, that must have been challenging and exciting at the same time oh it's just a ton of fun <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> it's it a ton of fun gonna, I, I
3: mean my, my my background uh uh you know involves a lot of uh real space okay very, uh, astronomical art um, uh, space-based science fiction illustration that sort of thing so i mean you know my my whole professional career starting in the early 70s was uh, was really about space going into space uh, i've seen three apollo missions head for the moon
0: oh wow okay from, from florida
3: okay that's how much of a, a, a crazy space geek guy <laughs>
0: um
3: you know so I, I i've tried to to make connections with scientists uh uh engineers um and and to to you know to show visually um you know what things might look like out there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, and at the same time, you know, do some science fiction illustration uh, for some, some of the some of the, the, the classic authors. Uh, uh, I've done book covers for people like Isaac Asimov and cool Anderson and okay. um, um, Joe Haldeman and Larry Niven and, and folks like that. So, I mean, that was just an, an amazing, um, um, you know, other half of. Um, you know what i've been doing uh with uh with the 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 engineering within star trek within that that trek context gotcha um, it's it, you know it's some real science and engineering and it's some hand waving we'll make it work
0: uh, for uh, the tv yes, we'll exactly. make it work well exactly right.
3: okay we can't fly faster than light
0: yet <laughs> or maybe ever. We don't, we, you know,
3: right. the, the, the scientists are pretty sure that we are never going to, like, surpass C. Um, it's, you know.
0: it, it's a hell of a goal. Yeah. And that's the, pretty much the only way that we're going to really be able to explore anything outside of our own solar system.
3: Right, right. Um, you know, we, we may be able to get to a couple of nearby stars using uh, fusion, fusion mm-hmm. power. Which, which does not involve traveling faster than light, uh, but it, it will involve taking a very long time to get there, okay? And maybe never coming back.
0: Yeah, those it's are like, going to be anything yeah. within the next... jeez. Ah, Unless we develop some new branch of physics, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like uh, the next hundred years, yeah. if we do send something out, they're going to be one-way trips. Yeah.
3: I, I We are probably going to be stuck within our own solar system for... a a very long time. But robotic probes may head out, (coughs) pardon me, may head out to places like Alpha Centauri. No, sure. Okay, Um, you you know, if you don't have to pack people and all of their necessities. uh, Food, water,
0: Humans take a lot. They take a lot for us to survive. If
3: you don't have to pack all that stuff, you can make a small robotic probe that can be driven by uh, like a laser sail. Okay. Okay. And get some fraction of the speed of light. Right. Hmm. Uh, so so, you know, robotically we may be able to do it.
0: Right. Take care guys. Take care. (laughs) Uh,
3: you know, so we we may get tantalizing video or radio signals back Mm. um, within the next hundred years.
0: Yeah, uh, but, but for Star Trek, for Star Trek, <laughs> for Star Trek we're going to make this happen.
3: <laughs> we, we make it happen, and, and you know, my desire, uh, and uh, uh, some others of us in the art department who were like-minded. Okay, uh, we we wanted to at least provide the writers and the producers uh, some plausible-sounding ways mm-hmm. to, to do what we want to do. Okay, uh, yes, you mix Manta and Annie. Yeah. you mix matter and antimatter in a big reactor. You get hot plasma, which goes up to the to the nacelles, you know, mm-hmm. like everybody knows the enterprise. <clears throat> sure. Um, from there, then it becomes tricky. Uh, what weird alloys and, and materials are in those nacelles that pull on space-time, and drive you you know, drive you forward. Okay. Well, we came up with names for things and, and explained, okay, this is how this could work. And lo and behold, they listened. They listened to us and you know, we, we weren't you know, we weren't there to, to step all over the drama, uh, or, or to, to put you know just mouthfuls of, of tech in the, in the actors, you know, putting out of the actors. Um, but we, we did try That's to actually, at least give them small bits of, of, of good-sounding
0: yeah. engineering. Mm-hmm. That's actually a really interesting concept I, that I had not considered, where yet we're here to appreciate the interactions and the storytelling that takes place in whichever series we're watching. But that storytelling is taking place on a ship, a universe, a world that is very technologically advanced. How do yeah. we explain that without having to stop every five seconds and with a little, right. all right, here's what this thing is, Here, how it works, and then yeah. move on?
3: Yeah. Well, Gene Roddenberry rightly said, you know, back in the original series, don't explain how the six gun works, just mm-hmm. use it. Yeah. And we tried to stick okay. with that. Uh, but uh, you know, luckily for us, especially our next generation. Okay, uh, a character like jordy could, you know, the, the, could have some tech tech speak, right? A character like Riker could repeat a, a certain, you, you know, a certain explanation from jordy, uh that the audience would understand better. Okay. Okay, you know, so Jordy could say something like, uh, "Okay, we have to, you know, increase the uh, plasma density in the warp core," and Riker, you know, could say something like, "Oh, oh, we're going to juice the engine hotter." You know,
0: hey, and, 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 <laughs> there right, it is. <laughs> so,
3: you know, and, and uh, you know, we didn't want to do that over and over and over. Mm-hmm. But if you stuck with the show, mm-hmm. you understood how the Sir. phaser worked, uh, okay. and, and you could understand that yes, if you run the Warp core, really hot. You go
0: really fast. Hey, we can put the two and two together. Yeah, yeah. So you have like the technical and then the slang explanation, layman slang, kind of repeated later. Idea, yeah. or, okay.
3: Yeah. I, I think I think in one in one place, uh, and this was not my my suggestion, but it was something I think the writers came up with. Journey said something like, "Oh yeah, we'll blow their doors in." You know, okay. it's, it's Like it was is like it was a drag race. <laughs>
0: you, you <know. laughs> Uh, So, Rick, I was able to see your panel discussion yesterday. Um, I guess the development of all the different technologies that you helped come up with through the different series. And one of the things that stuck with me, um, I'm mostly a gamer, and I play a lot of epic RPGs, huge, huge games with multiple... Hey,
3: I'm a Halo guy. All
0: right. Yeah. Well, well, then we can actually start right there. (laughs) The difference between the human ships and uh-huh. weaponry as opposed to the covenant
3: yeah 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 yeah.
0: like you yeah. look at a different when a ship comes through the atmosphere yeah it's got that certain color template it's got those different curves mostly yep. ovals yep. type of thing yep. and they're all named after different s- supernatural spiritual like the right. specter the bnc right. yes, the yes, wraith yes, and all yes, that yes. stuff
3: and yeah the phantom yes yes, yes.
0: yeah and like and that's just, like, one example. Right. Um, how, much, how much fun was it, actually, to come up with a full array of different starships and weaponry and items that it's all the, kind of the same thing, like a little scout ship or uh, yeah, disruptor yeah, yeah. pistol? but we're going to, I don't want to say reskin it, but format it to fit this race as opposed to this race as opposed to...
3: Well, you know, on, on, on track, you know, unlike, uh, let's say, uh, you know, a, a franchise like Halo, we okay. had a number of uh, a number of designs right there at the start. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, a show like Next Generation, it was episode by episode. Okay, so something would pop up in the script, oh, we, we don't have this ship, okay, I'm gonna start making doodles. Okay. Uh, so, you know, each, uh, uh, each script, uh, like, you know, 20-something scripts over seven seasons, and then DS9 and the Voyager, at least for me, uh, every time something new came up, uh, we would get some hints from the writers. Okay. Okay, this is a, a militaristic race, uh, that you know, their ships are, are massive and heavily armored, and and if we got that kind of little descriptive, uh, those descriptive hints, that would help in the ship design. Okay. Um, if they didn't describe the ships or the or the the aliens who built them, um, you know, we would kind of like just go off and play with ideas, play with shapes, mm-hmm. uh, draw from nature, um, you know, draw from maybe other sort of alien things that, that we've seen okay. and adapt those. Um, and, uh, uh the goal, the, the really the, the, the key thing for me was to keep all of these, uh, different cultures, uh, visually distinct, right. okay. visually unique, okay. Uh, Romulan is not, is not the same as Klingon is not the same as Cardassian is not the same as uh, you know Tolarian or, or whatever. Uh, so it, it it wasn't it wasn't uh, impossible to keep these guys apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every so often, I, you know, I, I would find myself drawing something. Oh, wait a second! I did that three months ago. Oh no! So you have to play around with the color palette and play around with the uh, with the the, the, the the mass forms, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that go into one of these things.
0: Yeah, uh, and in your presentation, there were two animes. That you actually drew inspiration from? What were those? Well, one was an anime called Lensman. Okay. Uh, which was
3: it was actually, the the visual style in Lensman uh, they were very much keying off of Star Wars.
0: Oh, okay.
3: Okay. Uh, the Lensman that I remember from E.E. Uh, e. Doc Smith's novels, okay, um, to me was more of a, a, a 30s and 40s kind of retro style okay okay and the uh, the lensman was really you know one of the very first space operas okay written back in the 40s and 50s <clears throat> um but Not the, the, the anime friendly. the anime really kind of keyed yeah. off from star wars uh where you you know uh kim kinnison who's this you know who's the hero of the lensman series <laughs> uh you know was was Portrayed as sort of a Luke Skywalker farm boy kind of of character But in the in the Lensman anime, there was a a ship called the Britannia 2 Which was actually in the Lensman books, okay, Britannia uh, In the books was this giant teardrop shape with lots of blisters for for guns, you know stick out Uh, in the anime it was very slightly just the star destroyer ish okay um, but with uh, um, you know a number of, of uh, sort of hard edge protrusions and uh, big engines and uh, uh, Tomy made a terrific model kit of it oh wow. Good. Uh, so it was it was it was a fun a fun design to, to uh, sort of you know give a tip of the hat to okay yeah
0: awesome Yeah. Uh, all right, and, and
3: what, what the, you said there, there was, was another, there was two. There's something, anime, with, something uh, with dragon. Okay. Oh, Dragon's Heaven. Okay. Dragon's Heaven. Uh, I'm sure you can maybe find a vid on YouTube <laughs> or something. Dragon's Heaven was a wonderful uh, uh, anime done sort of in the style of uh, of the artist Mobius. Okay. All right. Uh, Jean Giraud used the the uh, uh, artist named Mobius uh, and. Uh, you know if you look at, at uh, if you look at, at films like Fifth Element, okay yeah. Mobius inspiration is, is all over the place he also contributed some uh, designs to uh, the original alien oh wow film. Uh, but uh, in the anime uh, there were some some town structures in this post-apocalyptic world humans battling uh, AI mecca okay. Um, <laughs> And and some of the town uh, structures uh, were these repeating sort of uh, oval shapes and capsule shapes, and I just, I I said, I love these so much, I will put them into the DS9 uh, shield wall that surrounds the promenade. All right. Okay. And and it was, again, it was a tip of the hat uh, to, to something I had seen in the anime genre.
0: Good stuff. Yeah, Good stuff. Yeah. All right, Rick. It has been an absolute delight speaking with you. One final question. Yes. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Take coffee. a
3: there's, there's coffee in, the ne- in that. <laughs> there's coffee in that nebula.
0: <laughs> Praise be to the creator that we still have the coffee. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Sure. Thanks a lot. All right, once again, we are here at Northeast Track on 2018, and this time I am, have the honor of sitting with Chase Masterson. Chase, how are you doing? Great, thanks. How are you doing? I am doing okay. Good. Um, this was the second day that I was uh, able to make it to the con, unfortunately, day jobs kind of kind of get in the way of it's, it's kind of tough to tell your boss, hey, uh, I know there's this uh, project that we need to get out, but I need to go to a Star Trek convention. Is that cool? It <laughs> happens. <laughs> you know, usually usually it doesn't work too well. Uh, but we're here. I'm here now. Uh, we're kind of later in the day on Sunday, so things are kind of dying down a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's quiet.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> yeah. um, earlier it was... It was good. A good con. Yeah, it's been good stuff so yeah. far. Yeah, a lot of interaction at your table. Um, it has been busy
4: enough. Yeah, we've between podcasts and I've had a couple interviews and mm-hmm. uh, you know lots of fans with autographs and then panels and. Photo ops, it's been a busy, busy weekend.
0: So, so, what panels did you do this time
4: I did women of Star Trek and I, I did my own panel and I did a, a, a pop culture hero coalition panel.
0: Oh, all right, Hi, yeah.
1: Geez. I have a thing, so I thought I might as well get your autograph. Oh, thank you so okay. much. And, and I'd like to get a t shirt.
0: Oh, sure. Okay, great. great. So, one of the things that you're here promoting today, or at this con, is the Pop Culture Hero Coalition. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that?
4: Thank you. Pop Culture Hero Coalition is the first ever 501c3 organization making a stand for real-life heroism over bullying, racism, misogyny, LGBTQI plus bullying, cyberbullying, and other forms of hate and injustice using pop culture stories from TV and film. That's Uh, a
0: fantastic idea, I love it. Thank
4: you so much. Well, we love these stories for a reason. They're transcendent, they are, um, excuse me, they're very powerful because we know deep down that we are called to be these heroes. Okay. This is part of, I believe, part of why we're on the planet is to, to stand up for each other and to make the world a better place through Inclusion and kindness.
0: And really, though, the world is better when everyone has proper representation and people aren't held down. Exactly. It's like there's no downside to this. Exactly. I mean...
4: There's only a downside for people who want things they shouldn't want, which is more than their share.
0: Right. Okay.
4: You know, when people try to oppress each other, they, for instance, financially, they're looking Mm -hmm. for money and... And it's odd yeah, go ahead. benefits that 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 rightfully belong to other people, mm. and the world is full of that type of thing. There are people looking for a laugh that really shouldn't
0: be Yeah. There. I, a, 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 like I will admit, i
4: I've, yeah, I've,
0: I've laughed at certain inappropriate things in my younger years but as I get older I'm just like why 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 is this why are we laughing at right misfortune right like what there's there's plenty of genuinely funny material out there very clever exactly. funny material out there just why? why why would we why? do that
4: yeah it's, you know, it, it, it comes out of people wanting a feeling of power over others.
0: I think so also. Yeah. And I try not to get true to political on this podcast, but these are things that need to be said.
4: And That's, And I don't believe ahead. this is a political issue. It really shouldn't, shouldn't be. Frankly, I'll say this. You don't have to get political, but okay. you can <laughs> cut me out if you'd like, but I'm going to say <laughs> it. I think the right... I think that the GOP has made these issues political when they're really just human issues. What? Not bullying, mm. not being racist, not being a misogynist. Those are things, you know, being inclusive, those are issues that deal with other person's inalienable human
0: rights. Yes. <laughs> it's I mean... human
4: rights, it's not political. Uh, Unfortunately, things are skewed in that direction because of people that want to deny each other their basic human rights.
0: We got situations where okay, we, you can't be or the PC police are coming after you. I'm sorry. We want you to be, you know, not a dick to other people. Like is is that it's so much of an inconvenience? Yeah. <laughs> Just not be a sure?
4: And it, here's the thing. It's not about being politically correct. I don't say the inclusive things I say and do the work for inclusion that I do in order to be correct. I'm not trying to please anybody or fit into some box of of, of how to be. This is about basic humanness. Yes. This is
0: about do unto others. And, in like an artistic or storytelling perspective, I have learned and like in certain games that I've been playing, when we're able to be more inclusive, the storytelling inherently gets better because we now have more different points of view. Uh, an example is uh, earlier this year I completed, the, the game is called Assassin's Creed Origins, but rather than from like a, a Eurocentric standpoint, it's actually from the perspective of ancient Egypt and the things that they had to deal with, and I felt a little conflict because I have a lot of Mediterranean ancestry in me. My name is Anthony Rossi. Anthony's my first name, my last name ends with a vowel. It, <laughs> everything is very, very pro-Italian in my household, and to see Romans and Greeks painted as the oppressor was very foreign to me, but at the same time that enhanced the storytelling experience because I was able to see someone else's story.
4: Right. Someone else's point of view. Someone
0: else's point of view, something that I'm not usually accustomed to because it just right. It's just better.
4: Right. That way. And are you like and, and you're grown up and you're not afraid of it and you're not thinking that someone's trying to replace you. No. No. People it's are just telling their side of the story and they get to because they're humans too. Yeah.
0: Yeah what is it we should be building a longer table there's there's an expression and i'm forgetting it right now exactly
4: or you know what sometimes Mm -hmm. you can just give up your seat and if that's what we need to do that's fine because there are people who have never had a seat Mm -hmm. who historically have not had a voice in the way that we have
0: there's a lot of work to do we're getting there but we still have a long road a lot so, what type of things does the Pop Culture Hero Coalition get involved in?
4: So, we have programs uh, in schools, pop culture conventions, and children's hospitals. Okay. We started in 2013. I founded the organization doing events at Comic Cons. Okay. Bringing psychologists and experts in bullying prevention to Comic Cons to make sure that um, we had. Uh, inclusive outreach at Comic-Con. There, there really wasn't enough um, outreach for uh, I don't know if you want know to call it outreach, but inclusion of uh, people of color, LGBTQI plus people. There's just, you know, it, there's still too much white people and They're, white really is males I, in comics I, I, and film and television.
0: As a white straight male in my 30s, I'm getting kind of tired of hearing my own story over and over again.
4: That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. And so we brought this... T- Uh, We brought this coalition. I I founded this in order to bring inclusion and to tell people's stories and to let people know that if they've been victims of bullying and racism and misogyny, that it wasn't their fault, that it's just a matter of.
0: absolutely not their fault.
4: It's a matter of uh, that's the kind of hate that's in the world, Mm -hmm. and we can't overcome it. And there are ways we can go about overcoming it, ways to learn resilience and to practice resilience and practice empathy and make the world an actually better place, strategies. So we work in that arena teaching strategies and having people tell their stories. And we also developed a program in schools that we're piloting in um, 2019. Okay. And it will be a program that's duplicatable. We've already worked in schools. Our team has worked in a lot of schools. But this is a program that's a cohesive program that's ours that we can distribute widely.
0: Fantastic.
4: And we also have a program in children's hospitals for inclusion and resilience mm-hmm. to children who are hospitalized.
0: That's. I mean, this is all good stuff. <laughs> this is all good stuff. Um, really cool. Okay. What type of superheroes and fiction do we bring in to this you say you we encourage the inclusion through various heroes so
4: there's such great stories that happen uh, that are happening uh, you know with people who were previously marginalized Mm -hmm. black panther is an incredibly powerful piece Partly because mm-hmm. it's a great story, and partly because that great story is empowerment for a community that has suffered way too much. And like, here's one: when uh, when T'Challa's sister says, "Oh no, I'm sorry. What am I saying?"
0: Oops.
4: Hi, John. I'm getting distracted. When T'Challa's girlfriend says to him it just depends on what kind of king you want to be mm. and he's in the process of making decisions that's something that we can use to help young people know that they can be a very powerful influence for good or they can be a powerful influence for pain on this planet
0: and the the choice is yours the choice is yours Mm
4: -hmm. yeah and you can have you know you can be part of a kingdom or have in a sense your own you know kingdom Mm -hmm. of of kindness and inclusion and empathy or you can go in very dark very harmful directions for yourself and other people um and
0: when you're in a position of power that can happen very quickly yeah very as we see
4: in our horrific government um wonder woman said it is my sacred duty to defend the world okay Mm -hmm. um there are all sorts of wonderful quotes that that we can find in pop culture you know um obi-wan said if you strike me down i will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine Mm. and that is a lot of our stories you know i've i've had my share of 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 difficulty and pain, and I have a privileged life, and there have been other things that have been incredibly difficult and painful, Um, and I find that's true for me, that in the darkest of times, I have found a a strength, Mm -hmm. hard one, but I have found a strength that can help me to become powerful for myself and for other people. And that's the kind of thing that we're showing people that they can do, that's even in their cool. darkest times.
0: Yeah. Thank you. All right, we're going to wrap this up with a, a nice little silly question that I ask every one of my guests.
4: I'm not trying to get nope. distracted. I'm actually looking for a Superman quote. And I can give you one oh. more quote if
0: you like. <laughs> OK, wait. Yeah, this is live action interviewing. This is, this is what happens when we go live.
4: Want to? Want to have this quote? I love this quote. Do it. Do it up. Superman. And I think it's, it's Action Comics. I don't know exactly when. i I should look it up. Never mind.
0: Okay. Go, go, go. Superman <laughs> said,
4: on my soul, I swear, until my dream of a world where dignity, honor, and justice becomes the reality we all share, I'll never stop fighting. Those are Superman's words. There's incredible power in these characters which we love.
0: And it's great to see them being used as tools for change. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Coffee or tea?
4: Oh, coffee and lots of it.
0: (laughs) All right. Drink it black. Put a little creamer. No, black baby. Just, just, just.
4: Occasionally almond milk. Um, I try to be vegan. Um, working on it and doing a pretty good job lately. Um, but yeah, it just. Just, just coffee. give it to me.
0: Just give me coffee. The coffee. Coffee. <laughs> coffee. All right. Thanks for the Thank interview. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. You.
4: It's been fun. All
0: right. And I am now here with Cynthia Santos. Cynthia. Wow, I can talk, but you don't want me to leave that mess <laughs> up in. Anyway, anyway. So I am here with Cynthia Santos. Cynthia, how's it kind of dream yet?
5: It's been great. Um, everyone's so friendly here. I have so many great conversations. Um, and you know people have been really supportive of my artwork, so I can't complain.
0: Awesome. So what kind of artwork do we have here?
5: So I do illustrations, and I do really graphic stuff. So bright colors, bold lines. Um, I'm not super painterly, but um, I love bringing a little bit of life by having really bright, fun colors. So mm-hmm. I try to make that work in my yeah. in my pieces. And
0: there are a lot of bright, bold colors in all of this. <laughs> okay. There, there is a lot. Uh, do you have, uh, have Instagram? I do. do. Okay. I do. It's okay. um,
5: it's a bit of a weird name, but it's usually.
0: it's all right. Lackia. Lackia. So that's L-A-C-K-I-A on both Twitter and Instagram to check some of these things out. (laughs) So just before we started recording, you were telling me a little funny quirk about the art, how if you hit pause at the very... perfect spot, you get the weird facial contortions.
5: Oh, yes. And Star Trek actors, especially the DS9 guys, are so great for that. Are they? Yeah. O'Brien particularly, I will say. Uh, okay. As soon as... He, anytime he makes a disgruntled face, or he's frustrated, which is pretty common with O'Brien, <laughs> oh my god, just freeze it. And you're going to have the most, the, the funniest expression ever. Julian has a couple weird expressions, We you know, Bashir, you know, but they, they all do. Um, they're super graceful actors, really wonderful. But if you catch them in the right moment, anybody can look a little funny, and yeah. I love
0: capturing that. Nice, so I see uh, two of them closest to you are kind of larger, what, are these, what yeah, size these, are these?
5: So these are uh, these are a bit of a weird size. Okay. They're, um, I believe, 10 by
2: six. Okay, Yeah.
0: so we got a couple 10 by sixes here, or mm-hmm. it looks like kind of like collages of different facial expressions, and the one that I'm looking at, and because this is great for audio only, has a nice collection of just, we got Cisco who's kind of looking over his shoulder, <laughs> Uh, with this weird sneer going, he got a couple of Cisco. Okay.
5: He's just unbelievable. He's uh, that's a he's looking at Dax and he can't believe what he's seeing. And okay. Seems, so that's what's happening. Just. He's just like, what is what?
0: Yeah, and Cork has something going on.
5: Yeah. It, he was laughing in that section, but you know, with Ferengi, it's kind of they have ra- so many wrinkles and stuff. It's a lot of fun.
0: And it's the the random hit pause right at the right time, yes. and you just get hilar- hilarity ensues.
5: Exactly, exactly.
0: Uh, a- so how long have you been drawing?
5: Oh, drawing in general? Oh, over a decade. Um, okay. I did, I went to art school. I'm a professional. Um, I do professional illustration freelance. Okay. Um, but yeah, these guys, specifically Star Trek, I've been doing this over the last year or so. Okay. Yeah. But I do a lot of stuff, and it's. But Star Trek really—it uh, makes you passionate. It's so much really? fun. Really? Okay. Yeah. And Anything I love in the particular
3: world. about Star Trek?
5: Um, the fact that uh, you have these characters who are facing these moral quandaries and meeting all these aliens and doing all this stuff, but they're still very much people. Um, mm-hmm. They're written as as human. You know, well, not just humans. Well, but, not just humans. But, yeah,
0: but We 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 got you. We got you. We got you. <laughs> and, and
5: beings living in the world. Yes. I really
0: admire that. <laughs> nice. All right, and you also have a. Uh, a smaller book over here and titled the point is you never know
5: yeah <laughs> well, so that's a compilation of all these drawings and more um, and it's just a bunch of season one inspired draw- illustrations um, so yeah there's more than what you're saying on the table and a lot of these are, do- are also just doodle pages like quick sketches do- that I did. Doodles are fun. Yeah yeah I, I can definitely, <laughs> tell you. I definitely agree because I, I did so many <laughs> so right. um, but yeah just again capturing funny expressions good moments Um, Things that I want to remember. Oh, I see that a few of
0: them you actually have uh, cited which episode this is from. Oh,
5: yeah, all of them. So with each one, there's a title card. For example, this one is Emissary. Okay. Then there's... Hold up a second. These are all from Emissary, actually. Then there's Past Prologue. Then there's... You know, and they go in order. Okay. alone. Each one has its own episode title. Babel... Captive Pursue, and yeah. yeah. I nice. did almost every episode. Um, I missed a couple, but
0: I just, it, you know. It happens.
5: Just organizing uh, them <laughs> because it's a lot of fun, you know?
0: Do you plan on doing more uh, more seasons?
5: Yes, yes, I'm working on season two right now, actually. Oh, yes. there
0: you go, there you yeah. go. <laughs> and
5: ideally, all of them. I you love these Space gone, Nine, and back. who knows, maybe then I'll move on to TNG and Voyager. Hey, so. you
0: know what? If if it's working for you and, and you're enjoying it.
5: Yes, that's the best part. This is all fun, this is all just a passion project. Mm. I started because I, I wanted some practice drawing real people mm-hmm. uh, with reference, and it turned into this nice little thing that I have here, so, mm.
0: yeah. Awesome. Okay, Cynthia. Thank you so much. One last question: coffee or tea? Coffee.
5: Coffee.
0: Coffee.
5: I mean, it gives me energy. <laughs> tea doesn't
0: do that. You drink it black? Do you?
5: Black with a lot of sugar.
0: Black with a lot of sugar. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. All
5: right.
0: Thank you so much. All right. No problem. And that is it for the live interviews. Those people were so awesome. Thank you. One more time to all of you beautiful beautiful people and before i go i just want to give a quick shout out to everyone else i was able to meet up with including the trek geeks podcast allison Kenyon, jerry silver and stephanie Fryas, Gaze in space the gathiest manifesto lady bridget and midnight rogue cosplay and of course clarion games studio And that is all the time we have for this episode, time for some end-of-show plugs. You can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet at Hypersyntax, H-Y-P-3-R-S-I-N-T-4-X, or you can go directly to the website at videogamecrosshawk.com to find out all the details of everything else. And in the words of Gene Roddenberry, Star Trek was an attempt to say humanity will reach maturity and wisdom on the day it begins not just to tolerate, but to take a special delight in differences in ideas and differences in life forms.